relocate. Mm -hmm. Pick up your family and move and go find a place where you have a healthy church mm -hmm. because the church is vital. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Pastor, our next question comes from an online submission, and this person writes in to say that they understand that God tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's Hebrews 10.25, which they wholeheartedly agree with. And they say this, my problem is not finding sound theology or sound doctrine in the churches I visit, wherever they're located. I feel like I'm at a self-help lecture. I hear very little, if any, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I walk away disappointed. It bothers me and makes me anxious that I don't have a church. I don't want to be out of the will of God, but at the same time, I don't want to listen to unsound doctrine. Can you offer some words of advice? Yeah, if, it, if, it's, if it's unsound to the degree that it's no longer the church, hmm. then I may have a different answer than what I'm about to offer. But let's just assume what we're talking about for the moment is a church where the gospel is present. So you mm -hmm. have a church, mm -hmm. but the preaching of the word of God is not what our sister would desire or our brother, I can't remember if you said it was a man or woman who asked the question, but not what they would desire, not what we would desire. It's not, it's not very deep. It's, it doesn't really engage the scriptures in a serious way as was described in the question, it's sort of a self-help talk using the Bible. Mm -hmm. What do we do with that? What, what I would remind people who listen to us of is, even when the church is not doing well, it's still the Lord's church. If we're talking about the Lord's people mm -hmm. who have received the biblical gospel, mm -hmm. the word of God is there, the ordinances are there, it's still the church. Mm -hmm. and. I read 1 Corinthians, Josh, I read of what was going on in that congregation, it was astounding. I mean, they're suing each other in court, they're mm -hmm. getting drunk at the Lord's table, there is almost, um, I don't know, a, a glorying in a false kind of compassion as they haven't dealt with an issue of sexual immorality mm -hmm. that everybody knows about mm -hmm. in the congregation. There are all sorts of things going on there that we know were offensive to God and would not be commendable in a local church. And yet, Paul is addressing them in a letter in which he celebrates God's saving work in their lives yeah. and sees them as a congregation that needs to be corrected and is able to be corrected and is able to be straightened out. And so we need to, to understand that the church is not yet glorified. And so if my choice is between a sound church and an, a church not as sound, that's an easy decision. Go, go to the sound church, mm -hmm. go to the healthy church, be mm -hmm. in a place where you're gonna develop and your family's going to develop and you can serve with a clear conscience and everything is, is uh, closer to uh, as it should be. But if you're in a situation where there isn't such a sound church and the best you have is a church that is underdeveloped and not what we know the Lord would have it to be, invest your life there to the best of your yeah. ability yeah. and try to make a difference and exhort the pastors of that church, uh, encourage them, let, let them know that, the, that there are people who hunger hmm. for a more sound approach, pray for them, and then wherever you have the opportunity to exert influence in a way that's not undermining. You have to be careful because mm -hmm. what you want to do is be a positive influence, but you can't be a disruptive influence. Mm -hmm. So you have to have respect for spiritual authority and, and have a submissive demeanor. 
but nonetheless, invest your life there to the best of your ability. And then supplement in all the ways that we are tremendously blessed to be able to supplement our lives these days. Mm-hmm. So you can still download sermons from sound pastors and mm-hmm. sound churches. You can read great books. You can uh, do all that sort of thing. So make an investment, love the Lord's church for what it is, the Lord's church, pray, encourage, and then supplement as you can for your own spiritual growth. Okay, a couple follow-ups then. Uh, first, if uh, is it okay for someone in our digital age to be to just say, this is just isn't working for me. I'm going to live stream Founders Baptist Church every Sunday instead. Yeah, no, that's not what we want to do. Online church isn't church. Mm-hmm. So we just need to clear that up right away. I, I sometimes will, I've even seen social media posts where someone will say, enjoyed church today, and they've mm-hmm. got a picture of them watching a screen, mm-hmm. you know, watching a television set. Mm-hmm. Well, you haven't been to church. The church is mm-hmm. the people of God. The right. church is the assembly of God's people which is why we're called not to forsake it. We're we're to be present. When the Lord's church meets, we need to be present. So no, uh, online streaming is not the church. It's not a substitute for the church. But I do have, uh, I have heard from people who live in remote parts of the earth, (laughs) uh, remote parts of Canada, for example, that Mm -hmm. they would long to be in a healthy church. They Mm -hmm. literally do not know of one anywhere around them. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I would suppose you worship as a family and maybe you do live stream a church service. Mm-hmm. But what you need to do even then is acknowledge in your own mind, this is not going to church. Mm-hmm. This is not the church. This is what I'm having to do as I pray about mm-hmm. what to do as a solution to my problem. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that if you have no other solution, relocate. Mm-hmm. Pick up your family and yeah. move and go find a place where you have a healthy church. Mm-hmm because the church is vital. Mm-hmm. It's a bold step, but it's probably necessary in yeah, some for sure. instances. My second follow-up is you had mentioned about ways in which this individual could encourage or exhort their pastors. Yeah. And, and I wonder if you could elaborate on that because that feels really delicate to me. So let me just paint a scenario. Let's just say the one who wrote this is uh, a middle-aged woman who, um, who has a, a desire for strong doctrine, but also understands convictionally what the scriptures say about leadership within a church. And then in the context, let's just say this is the United States, there is definitely, for people that are strong on doctrine, a desire to really um, be in with some sort of reform. Uh, I would like to do anything I can mm-hmm. to reform. And so how can they delicately navigate this? Like if you were offering advice, like what would you yeah. actually say to a pastor maybe? Or I've been so encouraged by godly women in this church who will walk up to me after a sermon or something and just talk about how the sermon has encouraged them or mm-hmm. pastor, thank you for not compromising the word of God. Thank you for preaching. You know, those sorts of comments have really been an encouragement to me. And so if you remember that we're brothers and sisters, then maybe ask yourself in a way that honors your husband, in a way that reflects the kind of submission in the life of the church that should characterize godly women. How can I, as a sister in the Lord, go go to my pastor and just let him know that whenever he makes the choice to dig deeply into the Word of God, whenever he makes the choice to lead us boldly in a way that's in accordance with the truth, though it may be unpopular with the culture, whenever he exhorts us to live lives of prayerfulness and seriousness about the things of God, I want him to know there's someone in this church that appreciates it, that Mm -hmm. prays for him, that delights in it. Mm. So if you can think about how to make comments like that, Mm. I I think that goes a long way. If 
if it's a sister writing this question to us, then I would also encourage my husband to have that kind of influence. If my husband's a believer, I would encourage my husband to have that kind of influence on our elders and the leaders in the church to, to make similar sorts of comments. In, in the husband's case even, or the husband and the wife, go together, ask questions mm-hmm. of the elders. Mm-hmm. Here's some things that we've noticed. Can you just explain to us what your thinking is on this? Yeah, you know, not in a way that's accusatory, not in a way that's right. uh, tearing them down, but in a way that it is exhorting them. Mm-hmm. What I don't like, Josh, and I've heard people do this before, is sort of try to operate behind the scenes in a church yeah. and, and lead a reformation right. uh, undercover. Yeah. Uh, don't do that. Uh, be above board in mm-hmm. everything that you do. Go, go straight to those who are in authority and, and deal in a way that you have a clear conscience and no one could ever accuse you mm-hmm. of sowing discord in the congregation. Mm-hmm. And, and then if there's no movement and you have a healthier option around you, go take that healthier option. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then love the church for what it is mm-hmm. and process and pray for those leaders and continue to exert influence as you can. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, Straight Truth is listener supported. So if you'd like to find out ways how you can help us to continue to produce this podcast, you can go to our website and find out ways to do that, straighttruth.net. At that website, you'll also find links to all of our previous episodes and our social media channels, so be sure to check it out. Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.